Welcome to Bro Trek, the only pro Bernie Sanders Star Trek podcast from two brothers. I'm Ed. I'm Nick. Shall we engage? Make it bro. So how have you been handling the corona madness? I've just been uh, baking bread and smoking weed. I'm kind of disappointed that things haven't gone completely to shit yet. I'm waiting for the dam to break. Um, I feel like that's not how I should feel, but I can't help it. I'm excited. It's like knowing that there's a big car wreck around the corner and, you know, knowing you're going to have to drive past it and just ready to to see see the bloodbath. Well, it's all going to go to shit when uh, President Deals uh, <laughs> makes everyone go back to work on Easter for some reason. Uh, just because it's like, we're raring to go. Like, we're raring to go. We're just like we got two choices. We got two choices. We can uh, um, kill like five percent of the population or the economy. We got to make sure those stocks go up. <laughs> yes, because five percent of the uh, population will not tank the economy. It's not, yeah, it's not technically it's... decimated at that point. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, it just goes to show like how little of the e- of the economy in the sense that we experience it as a way that provides for our material necessities of life, how little that actually matters for like, you know, the glorified casino that is the stock market. Like, here's my take on the stock market. And I think it actually, you know, the news treats it as if it is some kind of barometer of are things going good? Stock market goes up. Are things going bad? Stock market goes down. You know, it's a very simple view of that. And I think there's some truth to it, which is one, if the stock market uh, goes up, it's bad. That means something is being done that is fucking all of us over. (laughs) On the other hand, if the stock market goes down, could be good, could be bad. Yeah. Um, 50-50. So that's why you always want to always want to cheer for the stock market going down because at least there's a chance it might be for a good reason. <laughs> uh, like it is now. Yeah, you know, because like it, it went down for a good thing, which was when Bernie Sanders was looking like he was going to win. And then it also went down for a bad thing, coronavirus. And then it's, it's going down for more good things. Dead Christians. Yes. Yeah, all the uh, churches that are still open. Bob Jones of Liberty University, Bob Jones's school is making the students come back. Every one of those people is going to die. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's it just it's literally a death cult. It is worship worshiping the Almighty Dollar. It is uh, a cult of Mammon. Uh, nothing to do with with God anymore. Although as funny as dying conservative Christians are, it's not as funny as the fact that Amazon has been shipping coronavirus around the country at an expedited rate, and we all probably have it now. I've gotten like 10 boxes in the last month. Um, Yeah. I have been pulling back on my Amazon purchases for that very reason, but like, I don't know, I ran out of the dog medicine. The dogs needed the dog medicine. I gotta get the dog medicine. Yeah, couldn't go to the gym, so I had to order 10,000 pounds of of weights. Yeah, you gotta get prison ripped. Right? (laughs) Prison ripped. There was a guy I went to high school with. His name was Rick (laughs) He was a real gangster. He murdered this kid for $500 worth of weed. (laughs) (laughs) He... He came back. <laughs> he came back. I'm sorry like, to laugh at someone killing someone. He came back at like five years later and was prison ripped. Dude's big. What can you say? It's great. You yeah. know? It's, uh, it's, well, it's, I've always wanted to go to prison. I remember when I was a kid. This was in high school. Um, we were, for whatever reason, or maybe in middle school, for, or something like that. It was either middle school when I was in Boy Scouts or it was high school and it was for like... 
you know, whatever the the class you take where they tell you to do dr- not to do drugs or something. But we went on a little tour of the 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 Mina jail, right? Just the like not 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 a prison thing, just a little lockup in the courthouse. Um, yeah, like you know, there were some people there that are just on bail, and they're yeah, the county jail people there that were just you know serving a short term or whatever. And I remember being like, man. These guys, this is the life. There's a little cart with a whole bunch of paperback books on it, and you can just read them. And they have this fantasy novel that I didn't wasn't able to find at the public library. It was like a, a specific one of the Xanth novels that I hadn't read before. Uh, and then they were like, "Oh, what do we have? You know, we're gonna everybody's getting lunch now, and it is tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwich." And I'm like, "Damn, tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. That sounds really good. Send me to jail. I want to go to jail." Uh, these guys got it made. <laughs> they don't have to do anything. They just get to hang out. Uh, I mean, now they you're talking they, about cops. Yeah, I know exactly. Well, they get they got they have they have they to get to sit in cars and, and steal people's Eat money. Donuts. Yeah, they get donuts for free. You just go into the Seven yeah, Eleven, shoot black people, and coffee, and walk right out. They do do that pretty well. It's a very easy job. Uh, anyway, so in other news, Biden is definitely dead. Trump's probably dead, and Bernie Sanders is president now. Uh, well, and, and the the royal family's going down quick. That's great. I'm excited. Now uh, the queen, she certainly isn't gonna die. She's fine. Well, yeah, that's because she's a lizard person, you well, know. Correct. And like coronavirus doesn't isn't gonna affect her. <laughs> we all find out at the end that it actually originated from her. She was the yeah. the the wet market creature that that disease crawled off of. Well, yeah, it's where uh, you know the lizard people got to eat something, and you know, they're probably eating koala bears or whatever. <laughs> gotta get exotic, exotic meats. Yes, Chinese koala bears. Yeah, it's, I guess that was before um, Pangea broke up when she was still over there. Whatever. Yeah, you know, you develop esoteric tastes when you've lived for uh, billions and billions of years, <laughs> only periodically coming out of the Earth's core. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so another news. Uh, it was a Star Trek episode that we just watched. Oh yeah. Uh, to do a little follow-up from the previous episode, we had talked about whether or not, like, how to interpret some of this stuff about whether or not there really was this, like, out-of-time robot species that was going to show up. Uh, the answer is yes. That is mm-hmm. definitely what's happening. Um, although this admonition is a little, I don't know, man. Is it, I mean, it's unclear to me if it's, like, just pro-synth and they're interpreting it as it's, like, anti-organic. Whatever it is, we'll find out in the next episode. It's a little unclear to me whether this is really the kind of kill-all organics thing that that i think uh they're implying or if it's something else but uh, i also just i really hope this is not connected to discovery Uh, again i like discovery but i just they've already done that and we don't need to make too many make several tv shows into one tv show okay what was the discovery thing quickly oh yeah that was uh in season two um Someone traveled from the future to warn him about a thing that was Starfleet. They created an AI that was slowly kind of taking control of Starfleet leadership. Um, and was, you know, like just kind of the usual uh, uh, Skynet type stuff where the, we build a thing to protect us. And then it goes, huh, the best gotcha. way to protect everyone is to kill them. And gotcha. you know, it goes for there. Which, you know, again, I like Star Trek Discovery, but that was not the most interesting thing that they did in season two. And I just. You know, I don't know, man. Just that the Skynet stuff's been done a million times, and I don't feel like it's particularly interesting territory to revisit. But uh, at least whatever Picard is doing so far is different enough that it's interesting to me. 
um, or at least has the potential for that. Uh, I just really hope that they don't just, you know, grab the two Legos and smush them together and say that this and Discovery Season 2 are basically the same thing. But, yeah, we'll gotcha. see. we got one more episode, and we will find out. Um, yeah, so uh, the Memory Alpha synopsis of this uh, episode. Following an unconventional and dangerous transit, Picard and the crew finally arrive at Soji's homeward, Coppelius. However, with Romulan warbirds on their tail, their arrival brings only greater danger as the crew discovers more than expected about the planet's inhabitants. So what was your overall reaction to this episode? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't have any idea what's going on. I'm more They answered a lot of questions, but I'm more confused than I was about similar questions. Um, and so... It, it depends. If it wraps up next episode and it's awesome, then I'm happy with this episode. But if it ends in a, a way that I'm unsatisfied with, I'm going to say this episode sucked. Yeah, I I definitely feel you on that. I, I enjoyed the episode while I was watching it. There was a lot of really cool stuff in it. But like half the time, I you know on the first watch at least, half the time I had no idea what the heck they were talking about. And it was just... A lot of questions. They were packing a ton of stuff into one like forty-five minute episode. Mm-hmm. Like a, so many things happened. They introduced so many new characters, so many new ideas, and I don't feel like um, they really had time to flesh them out. You know, like so. One of the things, and I hate to just like like so much of this. I do think a lot of this show, uh, the questions are answered as long as you look outside of the television show itself. Which I think is a bad way to run things, but whatever. That's becoming increasingly <laughs> common in TV shows where you have to go like do some homework afterwards. Be like, oh, that's what was happening, you know. Yeah. Um, that can be enjoyable. Like I thought, uh, Watchmen did it pretty well, where they had those like there were like basically two or three PDFs you could read after each episode that kind of like in some cases would answer a question, in other cases just kind of added color, and they weren't necessary, but they were interesting. Um, but um, in any event, the the showrunner of the show, Michael Shimon, is really active on Instagram, and he's been doing these Q Q and A's where he'll like, you know, some of it's just like, oh, what was it like working with Jonathan Frakes? Oh, it was great working with Jonathan Frakes. But some of it's people asking him like specific questions about what things mean in the show or what they were implying, and a lot of it, like a lot of like background stuff, has come out of it. Um, this is stuff I only found out about a couple weeks ago, so I can only I don't know what he was doing in the earlier episodes of the show, but like some of the stuff around this that didn't make sense to me at all now makes sense and i can try to explain that to you so the first thing is there are all these androids where the hell do they come from well soong and maddox went to this planet they made the first couple they made a couple of androids and then the androids started making more androids and that's why their designs were able to improve so quickly why they had all this like weird wacky technology like the giant orchid flowers that could take down ships like that's crazy you know, how could that happen? Well, you know, it wasn't that, like, Maddox is a genius and made it all. It was that they created, you know, whatever, a couple dozen, maybe a hundred androids, and those androids started having crazy ideas. Um, and so that was also where we ended up with androids that look like humans fully, right? That are like, like Soji and Dodge that are indistinguishable from humans in almost every way. Um, it's because the androids kept iterating on their original designs. Similarly, he actually talked a little bit about that about the beautiful flower character, which I was like, I want to know who this guy called. You name a character beautiful flower, you better tell me more about this guy, you know. Um, and apparently, they're not. Like he said, yeah, we had, you know, we were gonna um, show uh, who his brother was, and we we're gonna find out a little bit more about him, but that got dropped, you know, for, for time basically. 
And why was this one called Beautiful Flower when all the rest of them are called like Sutra and Saga? Well, he was a weirdo and he gave himself a weird name because the androids <laughs> named themselves. Which, that's interesting. That's really cool stuff that I would have preferred to have been in the show. But I guess at least I got to read about it on his Instagram. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, that still doesn't answer any of the, the, the questions that I you know, had at the end of the episode. But So what are, what are the questions you had? Well, like, who's... Obviously, Sutra is the boss. Uh, um, yes. Spit or Spinner. Um, what's Spinner's character? Brent, Brent Spiner's new character, uh, whatever, Soon Jr. I forget his actual name. Right, and that's the son of the guy that Data uh, was created by. Um, yes, and that is a new character introduced in this episode. But, okay. you know, I guess there's nothing... We were never told that Soon had a son, but, you know, whatever, people have sons, so mm-hmm. it's not particularly weird that he wouldn't have one. Well, so... Uh, Sutra's in charge, but you know all the other ones are super um, simple. You know, um, it's yeah. a commune of manipulable androids, and Sutra and uh, um, Soon Junior. You know that. Yeah, it's weird. There didn't seem to be any iterations aside from uh, Sutra to Dodge. Um, it yeah. just was all kind of strange. Um, I guess what I would say, and I don't remember if this was something I read in Jaman's commentary or if this was just how I interpreted it, but like, uh, I think he did say that Sutra was one of the early ones. Sutra and her sister Jana were early androids, um, which is why they look more like Data mm-hmm. than some of the other ones who are, have like normal skin tone and stuff. They are less. Well, right, they did say that, but but yeah, why yeah, she yeah. looks the but, same as the other androids on the planet? Yeah, and they're all extremely different than her in their yeah you know, their affectation. So let me put it this: what I again, how I would interpret that is, um, most of the androids are not; they're very naive. They have uh, a child's wisdom, as Picard described Data, because they're androids like Data, and that makes sense to me. Um, that they have not had life experiences, and so they, you know, ha- are very naive. However, Sutra it, it is a bit of an outlier in that her sister Jaina was killed by Starfleet, um, and so she is gonna, you know, maybe be more cynical. Like she had to go through this trauma where the uh, the other ones haven't. Right? They are all in pairs, and they're living in their perfect uh, planet of sexy androids, where they, you know, run around with like wispy clothing on and you know play volleyball or whatever. Um, and so I think it makes sense to me that that could be a reason why she is more cynical or why she is willing to do things that, that and to be a leader. Um, but you're right. It, that, you know, I don't know. That, that's kind of a, a, a simple explanation, right? Like she clearly is different even beyond that. The fact that she's not just angry, but that she's angry and is able to do it in such a powerfully cynical way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess the other thing I did really like about this episode is uh, the the whole like planet of sexy androids who are you know uh, running around in what looks like a Los Angeles resort from the eighties. That definitely feels like very next generation to me. Yeah. The whole the whole yeah that that they really nailed the next generation vibe with it. Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the other questions that it you know, mm. I wanted answered was why mm-hmm. was Dodge and Soji out doing what they were doing? Like it doesn't. That even- is a very they haven't even broached that question, and I feel like they've already passed a point that they would have answered it. Yeah, that's a very good question. I had the same one. At some point when they first arrive at the um, 
uh, at uh, Capelia Station. Um, I think Sutra or or Soon Junior, one of the two, says to um, says to her, "Did you complete your mission?" And she says, "Yes." But we don't know what their what her mission was, right? She was sent to the cube for some reason to do something. What did she do while she was there, other than getting scammed by Narek? Well, she worked with the Borg, so maybe her mission was to do something with the Borg. Maybe her mission was to get the Borg cube to come to this planet. That seems like a reasonable mission, a reasonable mission for her to have been sent on, which one that she certainly succeeded at. Um, or alternately, it was just to get some information about the Borg. Well, it sounded also like Sutra, Sutra knew about the admonition. Like she didn't ask any questions about it. She just started telling people about it, and then um, did the hmm. the mind meld, which apparently anyone could yeah. do. Um, it's not yeah. just a Vulcan trick. And I tried a lot when I was a kid, and it didn't work. <laughs> so, so, okay. So this is another thing that someone asked Shaban about that on Instagram. And he gave an answer that I think makes perfect sense to me, which is um, Vulcans do that. They have some sort of physiological ability that lets them do it, right? Just like, you know, whatever humans can, can smell and taste and... Um, see in color and uh, because we have certain physiological things in our body the uh, uh, Vulcans have one that lets them do mind melds and androids can replicate uh, you can build an android that can replicate these human abilities to see in color and taste and smell why can't you um, uh, an android can't develop you know build an artificial equivalent that can do this physiological thing that lets Vulcans do mind melt that made sense to me um, but it, you know, again, that is definitely a case where like, you have to really sit down and think about it or have someone tell you for that to make any sense at all. Otherwise you're just like, why the hell is this person who's not a Vulcan doing a mind melt? That doesn't make any sense at all because that was my reaction the first time, just like yours. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. did, did, uh, uh, soon junior act off to you like all oh, of his, 100%. all of his things that he said or his, uh, his lines seems like that was what he was planning. Like it was already planned, or or it wasn't from him. Like whenever he first walked up to Picard and said, "Get this old uh, biological creature some water," <coughs> uh, we get we get thirsty out here in the heat. That was weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's whenever he was taken away to sit by himself in this little alcove, and uh, they'd have Sutra come find him, and then the scene immediately end with uh, them appearing somewhere else and. and front of everybody that was kind of weird it was like there must must have been a whole lot more to that scene originally but um, yeah or then whenever the during the mind meld part where soon junior's like uh yeah she's she's read Sarek, <laughs> all of them you know uh and then and then studied the vulcan mind meld it was like he was a uh like a, a guy at a um a market selling his wares or selling uh the the person that he's talking about and she's performing or something it was it was strange like he's her clearly man. putting yeah he's clearly putting on a show yeah but yeah. for what i think i think that's a very good question i mean as for why you know maybe this gets at the mission that you were asking about and that i was asking about like so you know maybe soji and dodge were sent out with the express purpose of fleshing out the romulans and dying or not dying and trying to get you know, Picard or Girardi to come here, although that seems like a really long game because 
Uh, they could have also just come and got you know and like kidnapped them or whatever. Okay, so um, they the they yeah. yeah uh, uh, so Dodge's necklace is the same thing as those circles that you thought that ended up being the uh, the system the ock 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 something. No, yeah, uh, I don't remember the word, the word for it, but the uh, but yeah, no, the, I thought they were. I th- yeah, octonary, octonary. That's right. Um, I, I thought they were. Now I think they're just similar similar designs. Like in the very first episode, they talk about the two circle necklace, and it symbolized something around like that's like the symbol that represents the positronic neuron or something like that. Um, and so I think that might have been where that's supposed to come from. But you're right. Like there's a lot of these circle symbolism. You know, the octonary circles, the two circles on the necklace, the like circular thing that the Romulans all put their hands on when they activate the uh, admonition. Like there's a lot of circle based symbolism here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think it might just be recurring motifs um, that are stylistic as opposed to something that's all supposed to connect in a very explicit way. Um, but, you know, I could totally be wrong on that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Like, it, there's... there's To your point, though, about Soong acting weird, like, he's definitely manipulating them. And I'm, I, I think he's manipulating... You know, he's clearly... Like, there's an episode we can talk about this a little more later, but he's clearly manipulating... Um, Gerardi and holding over the fact that she killed Maddox over over his head or over her head. Um, did he know that she was going to do that to begin with? Is he in on it with O? Possibly. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but he's at the very least he's trying to get her to put his brain in a robot body so that he can live forever. Which, to be fair, that's a pretty you know legitimate thing to try to just try to get to do uh, if you have that opportunity you just need someone to help you boy howdy you're gonna try really hard to get them to do it <laughs> yeah yeah well it's his golem yeah yeah so we've already got a lot into the plot so let's just start kind of walking through the episode and we can uh, go for it so so it opens up um basically they land right at capelius and they're uh which is you know they pop out of the trans warp thing uh that and they're right at capelius one of the things that immediately asked me is why was there a trans warp tunnel that dropped them right at the exact right spot art i thought the trans warp tunnels were like um like like an interstate system built throughout like you have to create specific entrances and exits if that was done by the borg so that they could trans warp around to different locations and rather than just like a mega hyper you know not it's not just faster warp it's like an interstate system, right? And it's like, why does the interstate system drop you off right at this planet that no one goes to? I don't know if that's a question that they're going to answer or if that's just me nitpicking, but... Yeah, I mean, any sort of way gate or stargate, always you have to get to the gate, you know? And yeah. Then, and then, then it takes you wherever you're going, um, and then you have to fly from there um, or move yep. from there. I guess you're not really flying. But, but yeah, I know what you mean. Propel yeah. yourself from there. But anyway, yeah, uh, that seemed kind of strange, but... Also, it made for a pretty sweet fight scene uh, Hell right yes. above the, the planet's surface. Yeah, they packed in some really exciting stuff in that battle. A really good, like, small fight between, you know, the, 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 the Romulan Snakehead and the La Serena. And then when that Borg cube comes barreling out Whoa. of the trans warp, I was just like, yes. no way where and then before you can even get ready to see the borg cube start blasting the giant orchids come flying out and and like grab the ships and when that was happening the first time i was watching it i was just like 
this is not what I was expecting. Oh my God, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. You know, the, watching it the second time, I was a little like, oh man, I really wish I could have got to see that board cube blasting a little bit longer. But it was really cool to see it getting pulled into the atmosphere in this giant shockwave yeah, pop out really cool. as it enters the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about what's going to happen with that board cube in the next episode. Um, yeah, what else did you think about that that opening battle? So the big orchid things. I mean, they seemed less like a weapon than just a let's steal every ship that comes around us because um, they didn't destroy anything. They just pulled them down to the surface. Um, yeah, they're more defensive. They're like a tractor beam. Yeah, yeah, it's it pretty cool. Um, but anyway, uh, that scene was cool. Um, whenever the board cube did come out, and Rios is like, "Well, that's unexpected," and then wah, like the it looks like it's on like smokes coming out of it. It was it's pretty pretty cool graphics. I got pretty excited about it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. When um, they, they're 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 like uh, they've been grabbed by the orchid and they're like being brought down to the planet, and all of a sudden Picard faints. And says, thank you for coming, everyone. I thought that was like a voice from the planet communicating psychically through thinking. Picard. Uh-huh. And it wasn't... In- and then, of course, obviously that's not what happened. Uh, you know, And but that's still what I thought. Uh, Is it not oh, what happened? Are we just going to take his word for it that that was what it was? I don't think he knows at all. Mm, he didn't even You remember know what? It. That's a good question. That's a very good question. They never revisit it. Um, yeah. So maybe thank you're you right. for coming, everyone. Has he said that previously in the episode? Maybe, maybe <laughs> in the the interview he was giving mm-hmm. whenever he got up and he said, "This is over." Thank you for coming, everyone. And I feel like he has said that um, before. Maybe you know, actually that that makes sense. I'd have to go back and rewatch that first episode to check, but that seems reasonable. I, I guess it's something that, like, again, both of us first thought it was a psychic thing, but clearly it could be either. It could just be. He is dying and, you know, his brain zapped. Or it could be, like we thought, a psychic a psychic communication that we're going to find out more about tomorrow. Nah, um, well, either way, it, I think it, it, yeah. it may have just been a reminder that he has that problem and it's getting worse. And then yeah. they're going to put his uh, mind in the golem. That's what I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, I think... More likely, they will tease that and they'll make us think that's going to happen, but then it won't happen because Picard, you know, he's not going to die tomorrow, I don't think, but uh, he has to die at the end of the show, you know, or else it doesn't make a great deal of sense, you know, and it's supposed to be three seasons, so he's got to die at the end of the third season, which makes uh, putting him in a golem, I mean, I guess you could put him in a golem now and then he could be in a golem body for two seasons or something. I didn't know um, that it was, he. it was already set for two more seasons. But yeah, cool. they, they, yeah, they, uh, maybe even before it premiered, they said they were going to do three seasons of it. So, oh, yeah. um, they've got like a specific story arc they're going to do. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. so, so after the La Sirena lands, you know, it's dragged down to the, uh, to the planet surface. Uh, you see Gerardi helping Picard recover, and you know, she figures out that he's got this brain disorder. And he just gets up, tells the crew, hey, I'm dying, now fuck off, don't mention it. And I, I really loved how matter-of-fact that was. Yeah. I mean, it was the only way to just handle things, you know? Yep. Yep. So they get all settled up, they get their gear, they get some guns, and they, they start to head off to uh, Synth City, as they call it. 
And then they see the Borg cube off in the distance and head there to check on, you know, Elrond and Hugh and, and Seven. But I loved just when they were like hiking across this alien landscape, it looked so incredibly cool. And they're heading to this giant Borg cube that's just like landed on a planet. For some reason, it made me think of that anime Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, aka Warriors of the Wind, the one that you had memories of, but we it took us like twenty years to remember what it was called. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking yeah. at my box set of it on my shelf right now. Yeah, yeah, it just th- this kind of like weird alien deserted thing with a giant, giant structure, kind of uh-huh. ruined structure in the distance. Um, when I was watching it the first time, just huge vibes of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, I should rewatch yeah. that. That was that's a really good an- that's a really good anime. I mean, rewatch that one. Yeah, it's definitely good. All of uh. Yeah. What my my Miyazaki Miyazaki uh, Miyazaki I think yes I think that's how you pronounce all it. of his are great yeah he's one of those people that, all the ones I've seen I've liked but I haven't like watched all of them it's just you know there's a lot of movies out there but I, I everyone says they're incredible and every one of them I've seen has been incredible so I should definitely watch more of them <laughs> I I agree is he the is one one who did. Uh, House Moving Castle. Um, yes. Okay. So all those. Now he didn't yep. do Spirited Away, which was real good. No, he he, he did Spirited he Away. He did as do well. Spirited Away. Okay. All right. Yep, he did. What about my yeah. cousin or my neighbor Toto? Totoro. That is also him. Okay. Also right. him. Yeah, he did all the ones that I'm thinking of. So yeah, yeah. All pretty much all right. the good anime uh-huh. is him. <laughs> yeah. If if it's like a good artful movie, it's probably him. Um. So we get to the cube. Uh. You know, the Seven and Elnor are hanging out trying to fix the cube or whatever. One of the XBs calls him Lacutus. I mean, I, I guess now that Hugh's gone, maybe Picard will take over leadership of the XBs. Alternately, Elnor and Seven just kind of say goodbye. So maybe no, they're going to go Seven off. Seven is definitely going to take leadership of the XBs. Not Picard. Yeah, be, I know, but they she's already the queen. Yeah. She's, she's already, no, she's already hooked up and knows she, she knows she likes it. And she also knows she can yeah. turn it off. So that's exactly yep. what she's... Plus, she's got an entire Borg cube. She could do a lot more, and she needs a ship right now. You know? Yeah. Well, they have to get that Borg cube, Borg cube up off the planet again. So um, that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part. That thing does not look like it has um, you know, some blasters on the bottom that can uh, just let it slowly leave gravity. Um, they can just like, fire its, its main weapon right at the planet, blow up the planet... And then yeah. it just stay where it's at, you know? Or maybe the Romulans blow up the planet, but they, it doesn't destroy the Borg cube, and so now they're just floating in space, and they can yeah. just move on. Yep. Um, I, mean, I do. I am curious, though, if, like, Elnor and Seven are going to stick around in this show, or if they're going to get, like, a, 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 you know, Elnor, Seven, and the XB spinoff show or something like that. I think Seven and Elnor are now a thing. You know, whenever he said, are you going to assimilate me now? He was asking if she would assimilate him. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he hasn't got any any booty uh, ever, probably. Definitely not any uh, XB booty. That's very true. It's very true. And they, they make a very attractive couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And he's the submissive badass that she wants. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point, Nick. I, I think you've got a really good, uh, some really good plot ideas. You should email these to ideas at StarTrek.com. I mean, 
are you saying that sarcastically? Should I have not already sent these to them? No, just send them away, man. Send them away. Okay. There's definitely somebody who reads them all and, and files them. <laughs> You're sitting over there logging into your at Star Trek website or login. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so after that, we get to Capelia Station. We've already talked about most of that stuff. I, I guess the one last thing I want to say is when Sutra does the mind meld and we see, we basically see the admonition for like the third time, the fourth time, I think the third time. Only this time it's clear and there's like a narrator giving a voiceover. And to be honest, it was kind of dumb. Um, the fox it took this, this, was stupid. Yeah. Have that's I, like stock image. I've seen that yeah, before. Yeah, I've seen it and before like, too. It yeah. bothered me. I was like, what the fuck? Are they using Getty images in, in the you know the far future? This is bullshit. It might be. Um, you know, it was kind of cool seeing that robot get put together. Like that's interesting CGI stuff, but like, ugh, who cares? Um, yeah, it just... The voiceover was real goofy. I don't know. It, the the admonition, the more we learn about it, the less interesting it was. It was the most interesting when it was just this, like, blip blasted into um, uh, uh, Gerardi's mind that caused her to barf. And we're like, what the hell was that? What was going on there? That was crazy. But every time you get longer and longer cuts, it becomes more and more clear that it's just, like, you know, whatever, like... A, 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 a knockoff of that sequence in um, Clockwork Orange where uh, where the guy's eyeballs are held open and he has to watch a bunch of like weird images, you know? Um, Something just occurred to me. I'd previously hypothesized that jo- or, um, Agnes Girardi was an android herself and did not yeah. know it. Um, and, well, no, that wouldn't make any sense. Anyway, I was going to say that the mind meld scene was not actually what that was supposed to be. It was, she was kind of taking the images she had in her mind already and then replaying it back to Girardi so that Girardi mm-hmm. would then have the same or have the, the idea that she wanted her to have and then help her do something. Um, and, you know, she's our, and it seemed to have worked if that's the case because she definitely switched sides. Uh, yeah. There at the yeah. end of the episode. I think that's an interesting idea, but I don't think that is what is going on. Yeah, I don't know either. As I, think, I was saying it, yeah. I, I was thinking that that's why she was able to mind meld because it was two uh, two uh, androids. Yeah. But then that would and have they weren't that really. Mo mi- was also an android. If that was the case, and that doesn't. Make yeah, sense. seems that, yeah. At that point, I mean, not another realm of possibility, but it's yeah, it's I, I, it I, is it is out of the realm of possibility, Edward. All right, well there you go. It's out of the realm of possibility. Final final judgment from Nick. Yes. Um, yeah. So then we just kind of get a couple of different conversations as the characters as uh, kind of split up. Um, you know, you get Dradi and Soong, which we already talked about him definitely trying to trick her into turning him into a android and putting his brain in the golem body. Mm-hmm. Um, his, yeah, I thought that was probably the most interesting scene of him, just because he was being so obviously manipulative of her and just saying you should be ashamed for snuffing out such a candle in the darkness of the universe or whatever. Um, I thought that was interesting, and I'm curious where that goes, but, you know, we've already kind of covered that pretty well. We do have this nice scene between Picard and Raffi when, you know, Raffi is going off to try to fix the ship, and she is not entirely sure that she's ever going to see Picard again. Um, and so it was, it was it was sad, and it was kind of funny when she's like, I love you, and he's just kind of like, uh, you don't have to say it back. Oh, okay, cool. Um, Good. <laughs> you know, yeah, um... I, I, did, I, I am glad that he said he loved her back. You know, I think he's one of the things I've enjoyed about this show is watching Picard grow emotionally. I think that's been nice. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's also been like the most obvious plot point of the entire show because it's all been very obvious times where he's speaking about his uh, his difficulty with his emotions. Um, yeah. But, you know, it is nice. I thought it was very sweet that he said that, and I was happy. I would have been really pissed if he didn't say it um, because Rafi's, you know, obviously been pretty cool and helped him out. And, mm-hmm. you know, owes her a little bit at least. Yeah, yeah. He, de- he definitely owes her a lot, and he has not treated her particularly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think is having to, to learn how to, how to uh, help care for her the way she cares for him. Though he has never said anything about her smoking her snake weed. She always yeah. brings it up. He never says a word. <laughs> He's not a judgmental guy. Well, then he doesn't say it all the time. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, so then we, there's a couple scenes with like, you know, Narek, they, 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 I guess they, uh, found Narek somehow and dragged him in and threw him in jail and, you know, whatever. He has some interactions with Soji, some character named Saga, Sutra, and that stuff is fine. I, I guess, you know, Sutra ends up like letting him go and then Narek like kills one of them and then that, uh, kills Saga and that lets Sutra like you know use her death to to get what she wants later on i don't really know like it seemed like, more did, like did, sutra told him to do something and part of that was to kill this girl or kill uh, yeah saga like i'm not sure if she had a plan for Narek beyond just blaming him for saga's death just like okay you can escape but you have to kill this lady and then i'm gonna blame your death on her sure deal let's go but did, like did she did she send him off to do something um, or is she just letting him escape? It's not clear to me what's going on there. I mean, oh, I'm no. Sure well, she more, definitely but, yeah. sent him off to do something. Because she said, I wasn't sure my desire to kill you would be outweighed by my need of you uh, to complete a mission or something. Um, yeah. Your usefulness. Hmm. And then she said, no. It, it, your usefulness outweighs my desire to kill you. Lucky you. And then we see... Yeah. Uh, what's her name dead uh, Saga dead yeah. and Narek yeah. running off into the distance toward the Borg cube so yeah I guess that that's what he's doing uh, she sent yeah. him there and I'm pretty sure she also had him kill Saga because though he did look at that little bluebird pin I mean it wasn't like she did anything at all to earn his you know scorn enough for him to go out of his yeah. way to kill her yeah that makes sense that, that makes a lot of sense I yeah I guess, yeah, that whole sequence, I don't, I don't know. I didn't think it was that all that interesting. But again, Narek's not really been an interesting character. I guess the one thing I do like about it, now that I think about it, is, you know, Narek's clearly still in love with Soji. She has realized that he sucks and is a piece of shit. Um, but he's like, oh, Sutra, you're like Soji, but evil and sexy. Um, and now we can be evil boyfriend and girlfriend. And so he's he's ready to, to, to switch teams. I don't think Narek is in love with Soji. I think he might care about her. But every, everything he did in every uh, part when he was on the planet was him acting. Like, he was yeah. acting so accosted and, um, and compliant whenever he's getting dragged by the, the muscle twins. And he's like, I said I would go with you. I said I would go. Why are you doing this to me? And then he's a whiny little baby in the, in the, uh, the jail until, until Saga does call him out, or doesn't really call him out, but catches him. He's like, uh, is this how you treat your prisoners? And she says, we've never had any prisoners. How do Romulans treat their prisoners? And he's like, let's change the <laughs> subject. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was a funny line. But yeah, I think you're right. Like, you can't really trust anything he says. It's a, He's a spy, and so it's all just an attempt at manipulation. It's uh-huh. just like, 
Just like you can't trust Pete Buttigieg, you know? He's just, every, everything's spy stuff. Yep, yep, the coronavirus. So, Buttigieg's came back from China recently um, on a, a naval mission and infected them with their own Chinese virus. So, it's true. It's just, it, they're just trying to take down our dear, sweet president, the uh, our, our big golden boy. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Putin, that, that, that gentleman... <laughs> He, they, he, he, what a kind man. He even postponed the vote to give him absolute and uh, permanent <laughs> power because of the virus. Oh, man. I, I didn't hear about that one. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yes, uh, they, he really did. He, they, he said he was going to put it off for a little bit because of the virus. Wow. <laughs> that's, even, that's even bigger news than them canceling or postponing the Olympics. Uh, yeah. I mean,. Yeah, who gives a shit about the Olympics? I, I guess people do care about it, but it's really not anywhere near as important as I don't know, watching. man. There's a lot of like professional a lot sports of like fit- is a bigger deal than the Olympics to me. Uh, I gotta say though, when they canceled the Olympics, there were a lot of like 15 year old named you know Caden who were fucking losing their shit because they, you know now that it's pushed out by a year, they're not gonna be in their you know peak competition level or whatever, and they're not gonna get to do gymnastics. Yeah, you know, and they have to because go that's, live that's, in there. 500 or 5,000 square foot mansion and exactly and keep training in their personal training facilities. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of those sports, like your window of being able to perform at like Olympic level is like one or two years. And if you just happen to be too young or too old, it's like, yeah, you'll never get to compete in the Olympics. So we're not, you know, you're never going to be a top gymnast. Even if you could have been the best gymnast ever, your birthday didn't sync up right with the Olympics. So, eh, you know, jokes on you. Well, isn't it, I guess that's not the rule anymore. Is that professionals can't compete in the Olympics? Is no, or if you've ever per- competed professionally, you, you're not eligible. That's no longer the rule. It used to be. To right? the best of my knowledge, they got rid of that in the '90s, and that's why we had the NBA Dream Team when, like, Michael Jordan and Shaq or whatever were all on the U.S. team and were just dunking on everybody nonstop in '96. Well, so that the, the reason I ask is, it seems to me that though. You know, being young and fit as a gymnast is a you know important. Like a twenty-year-old gymnast or a twenty-five-year-old gymnast is going to be in their peak condition, not a no. It's like it's no. It's like fifteen or sixteen or something like that is the peak peak gymnast. That's why like college gymnastics isn't really that big of a thing. Again, really? I'll preface this by saying I don't really know much about gymnastics, but Heidi does and watches it. Um, and is interested in it, so I've learned a little bit from that. Um, but yeah, like you, high school, like maybe seventeen is like is like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. That's like peak gymnastics period. Once you get into college, the college college gymnastics is like, you know, it's there and people do it. But like it's that you know you're already done with the Olympics by the time you're doing college gymnastics. But I mean, is it because so so that. I don't see why that would be the case. You know, what it about just has to do with being of. It's because you grow. It's because you get taller and you get more muscles or whatever. Like as you as you age, like it is a. It's just a weird sport, and that that specific thing. It's not like a like figure skating or whatever. Like you know, you you there's you're not going to be like forty in, in the Olympics, but you can be like in your twenties and still be like maybe like. All right, like I don't know enough to argue this, but I'm yeah. I disagree with you enough to. Uh, to say I'm going to look it up and and find out. If you're right, I won't say anything else about it. If I'm Great. right, expect texts followed by emails with links. <laughs> Sounds like a good deal. 
Cool. All right, back to the show. So uh, we also get a little scene where like Picard, you know, tries calling Starfleet, um, which he's definitely typical Picard, kind of getting ahead of himself about his big plan, and everyone else is like moving around in the background doing stuff that he has to then react to, which I thought was funny. But I do really hope that that his message gets through, and we get a big Starfleet. Um, a bunch of Starfleet ships showing up in the next episode, maybe with some surprise well, were, guest stars. They were already on the on the way, right? Yeah, they were. Or they, they were, were at least on the way to uh, Deep Space Twelve. Yes, assuming they can probably the same amount of time would be necessary for the Romulan fleet to travel. Like they're yep. a day behind the Romulan fleet. Is that that yep. same? Well, yes, but we also don't know. Maybe he transmitted information about how to use that Borg transwarp corridor to get there faster. Yeah, possibly. And, and maybe we'll get kind of what I really want. Like my dream here is like we see the 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 uh, one of the ships that comes is the current version of the Enterprise, and it's commanded by Worf, uh, and that's what I want. That is the thing that I want out of next episode. And if I don't get to see that. It'll be okay, but I'll be a little disappointed. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there was a... Picard has a really good conversation with Soji, where Soji's kind of indirectly, like, talking to Picard, like, so is it okay to kill everyone in order to save a couple of people? And it's like, well, prob- probably not. That seems immoral and unethical, but sure. Um... Definitely, definitely, kind of resonated with the conversations about around COVID, where like Trump wants to, uh, and like you know Lloyd Blankfein of Goldman Sachs wants to like, hey, what if we just like let everyone die? So the economy. Yeah, it's a strange uh, uh, tr- uh, railroad track uh, question, or whatever <laughs> yeah. that is the the philosophical question about the railroad track and switching yeah. the switching the the lanes to to save one child who's innocent or these two people who are somewhat less innocent. But anyway, yeah. as long as... But now it's like... It, it blows ahead. my mind, though, is that the people that are pulling the lever to allow people to die are the ones that are most likely to die. And I, I don't think that they fully grasp that. They think that their money is a shield of all uh, evil. <laughs> and yet, we got Prince Charles over here who's about to... Uh, kick the bucket, and, and we'll see. Well, I mean, he's he's got he's got the disease. That doesn't mean he's necessarily going to die of it. You know, they can just like keep injecting his brain stem with adrenochrome taken from small children or whatever, and mm-hmm. keep him alive forever. Uh, um, unfortunately, though, I saw I've read several articles about young people that are dying unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the rate of, the rate of them dying is higher than what was initially believed to be. You know, it was initially yeah. believed to be pretty low. But it, and that's it not been the case at all. Yeah, yeah, which fucking sucks. That was what I was it's, I was hoping for. I was like, well, whatever happens, at least I'll be okay. Me and my doggies. No, uh, we're, we all have to worry, man. This shit is scary. Yeah, I'm running out of but surgical masks that for Mister Spock and Sansa. I feel bad because they just rip them up every five seconds. But I mean, what else am I going to do with this stockpile of several hundred thousand masks? Yeah, you know, like they say dogs can't get corona, but you can't be too safe. Yeah, they didn't say anything about Vulcans. It's true. So, after that we have a, a scene where Sutra basically like announces her plan to kill all the all the organics in the galaxy, which <laughs> I do love that Picard has a big speech and it does not work at all. 
And soon Junior just shows up. He's like, nah, it's not going to work. They're never going <laughs> to listen to him. Lock him up. Uh, yep. Uh, like yeah, that. and that was a pretty that was a pretty fun ending. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what they're gonna do do tomorrow. Uh, they have a lot to try to tie up, so we'll see. What yeah. was your favorite line, man? I just read your notes here, and I don't have one that I can think of. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of it. Yeah. Maybe maybe what? the things I've already said something in there, yeah. like Narek with changing the subject. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Another, no, another there weren't, there weren't, no, I think the Picard one where he says, I think it depends on if you're the person holding the knife was pretty good, but yeah, there's not any like real knock them out of the park lines like, uh, I'd like two umbrellas. Um, <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. So one thing I think would be fun, and we need to pick a time for this, is to do a Netflix watch party. I'm thinking maybe Friday night would be fun. Um, okay. And just do just do one episode, and I uh, especially after this episode think we should do Star Trek: The Next Generation season one episode eight. It's called Justice, and just like this episode, uh, the Enterprise visits a planet filled with uh, sexy people running around in uh, skimpy exercise outfits. This is literally a planet where everyone jogs all the time. Oh man, uh, it's like my house right now. Just <laughs> I know, sexy it's great. people running around with exercise clothes on. It's great. So I think we'll do that one. That's one of my favorite. I live like, alone. Camp, viewers, camp listeners. Well, you got two. You got two dog friends. That's true, but they don't wear much clothing. They're That's naked true. all the time. That's true. Like me. <laughs> true. True. Thankfully. The nude podcaster. <laughs> uh, nude trek. Yeah, it adds, it adds just an extra layer of verisimilitude to uh, the podcasting experience to, to record everything in the nude. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're increasingly going off the rails here, so we should probably <laughs> put a pin in it. Um, thank you, Nick, and thank you, listeners, for tolerating us for another uh, not-quite hour as we discuss discussed Episode 9 of Star Trek Picard, and we will see you all next week. And if you want to... Uh, join us on Friday night for uh, the Netflix watch party. We will post a time on Facebook and stuff. Absolutamente. Bye-bye. That was my favorite line, by the way. That's a good choice. That is a good choice. Absolutamente.